What we're going to do right now is we're going to get straight into the Word. So if you want to take a seat, if you haven't already, uh, grab your Bible, grab a notebook, um, and and we we are going to get into the Word. I want you to turn to Mark and chapter 5. And this is one of my favourite passages. Um, I have a lot of them, but this is one of my favourite passages in the Bible. My home and my family and my background, we, I, I grew up in a broken home. I grew up in a home that was filled with love and amazing times, but it was also filled with uh, times of hardship and anger and violence. And because of this, there was a lot of loss of hope and security. And as a child, children don't know how to navigate those kinds of situations. And so I lost hope quickly. Uh, and, And then I found myself in the house of God, perhaps like you are today, obviously not a physical church, but here online with us. And I heard a message of hope. And because of that message of hope, this young heart, I was 14 at the time, I asked Jesus to come into my, to my life. But many years before that, as a child, when my home was being broken up, I prayed a prayer that any nine-year-old would pray, God, if you're real, could you, could you fix somehow my family? Little did I know that at the point that that nine-year-old girl prays a prayer, that a God in heaven moves. And so I share this story with you because we find ourselves in uncertain times. We find ourselves where perhaps we may be asking the question, God, I I prayed a prayer, but I'm not seeing any, any, any changes or any shifts. Can I, tell, can I encourage you? I, I prayed that prayer as a child. And so there's a value in being able in uncertain times, being able to hold on to truth because God does move. This is a miracle. My dad cuddling my boy, he, that God has brought our family together in such miraculous ways. I never could have imagined and and I wanted I want to just say that is our God. Yeah. Like our God does stuff like that every day. Not only is he the God that we read about in the Bible with David and Goliath, right? That does this incredible miracle, but our God also listens to the prayers of 9-year-olds who are desperate. And he will listen to your prayer as well. This is our God. But in uncertain times, as we do find ourselves in, we, we, we are faced with how do I navigate this situation? And I really would just like to share with you a few keys from my own life that between the prayer and the promise, what have I done to hold on to in between, to hold on to faith in the in-between and that gap? between the prayer of God, can you move, and the promise being fulfilled, how can I hold on? And really, for me, it has come down to a a choice, a simple one, not necessarily an easy one, a simple one, and it's the choice between fear or faith. And that's where we find ourselves in Mark and chapter five. So we're gonna read the scripture together and we'll start in verse 21. I'm reading from the NLT version. It says this, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large 
crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. So this is a leader of a local synagogue. This is a guy who has spent his life following Jesus, okay? Following God, following the law. He, he saw Jesus and he fell at Jesus' feet, pleading fervently with him. He says, my little, my little daughter is dying. Please come, lay your hands on her, heal her so she can live. And then four of the most beautiful words, Jesus went with him. Don't you love that? That this this guy comes in desperation and asks Jesus, can you can you please come to my house? Jesus doesn't even say a word. He just okay, <laughs> and he goes and he follows. That is a loving and a kind and a listening God. So Jesus went with him, and all the people followed. Then in the following verses, uh, if you will probably be familiar with the scripture where a woman shows up on the scene. And we know when girls show up on the scene, things just, they seem to change very quickly. And so this girl shows up on the scene. She's been suffering for a long period of time. She needs healing. She touches the hem of Jesus's garment. When she does that, healing flows through her body. Jesus says to his disciples, there are all these, uh, someone's touched me and power has gone from me. The disciples reply, Jesus, there's so many people around you. Everyone's touching you. What are you talking about? And he says, no, no, someone touched me with faith and, and, and power has gone. Anyway, this, this woman says, uh, it was me, Jesus. And Jesus says this, go, your faith has made you well. An incredible story in the middle of a story. And I I sometimes read that and forget that there's a wider story going on, but we pick up in verse 35. While he, Jesus, was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus, but Jesus, I don't, I don't know what's going on for you at this time, but I just really sense that this, I just really feel like the Spirit of God is just saying that there are people who have been disappointed in this time, that dreams that you have held in your heart during this, especially during this time of lockdown have died, but Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And He said, don't be afraid, yeah. just believe. And I I just, I really believe this is a word that some of you need to hold on to today. I know that outlook may seem bleak, but Jesus said, don't be afraid. That's the choice. That's the choice in the uncertain time. There are many things we don't have a choice over, but the choice we do have is whether we be afraid or not, or whether we have faith. That's the choice we have. That's what we have control over. Don't be afraid, have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd. He wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James and John. And if you're taking notes, I've got three points for you. And the first point here, if you're going to choose faith, to choose faith is to choose your allegiance. And so uh, really, if you can imagine Jairus in this time, he's standing there. He has asked Jesus for help. Jesus has effectively said, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. But in the, in the middle of the journey, it seems like Jesus has disappointed Jairus. His daughter's died. And in that moment, that's the choice. That's a hard choice. 
the choice of your allegiance. And really the question today that I wanna pose to you is your allegiance to what has happened or is your allegiance to what could happen? And in this moment, there is, a, there is an opportunity where we as a people of faith can make a choice that we are going to have an allegiance to what God has said, to what Jesus has said and not what we have seen. Right? And so come, come, come on up. You can just let some faith arise in you today that we must, to choose faith is to choose an allegiance to what God has said and not necessarily what we see because we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if faith is gonna rise up, it is by what we hear and what we hear by the Word of God. Now listen, to have questions in this time is is fine, is good. God loves questions. He's not afraid of our questions. In fact, to have questions is healthy, but to hold God hostage to those questions is not. And sometimes when we hold God hostage to our doubts and to our questions, it it creates an atmosphere in our lives that fulfills our doubts. And it, it can even be a block to the power of God working in our very today. Not understanding the situation. Can you imagine Jairus? Just not understanding what is going on. Jesus said, yes, and now my daughter has died. What do I do? Not understanding the situation and what's going on around us, that's okay. But restricting our spiritual lives to what we do understand, that's not. Why? Because as Pastor Wayne has already led us so wonderfully today, God responds to faith. God does not respond to our demands for control. And so faith is a space that we can move into. And, and, and it's, I'm not saying at all that it's an easy thing to do, it's not. But God gives us the grace to walk out every step toward breakthrough. Uh, and even though all there, there may be uncertainty around us, 2 Corinthians 9 verse eight says this, and God is able to make all grace Come on, turn to the person next to you, say all grace. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having sufficiency in all things may have an abundance of every good work. How great is that verse? That in all things that we may be required to do in the step forward toward the miracle that God gives us grace to do that. And so for you, for you tuning in today, I really pray that that choice between faith and fear, though it may be difficult, that you would choose your allegiance to your breakthrough, to the miracle working God. And here's the thing is I know from experience that if, if we don't choose to step forward in faith, then we are held hostage by our past. And what does that mean for our reality? It means that we're very likely to repeat it. For example, if I never stepped forward in relationship with God to teach me healthy relationships, security, love, identity, then I may be doomed to repeat uh, the wounds of my rejection. And that's what it is to step forward into your allegiance to God. So I I just wanna encourage you to choose faith is to choose allegiance. Number two, if you're taking notes, 
is to choose faith is to choose an action. Don't you love that? Who I just I, I love just taking action. I love having a good conversation, but in the end, I want to move to action. And here's the thing: Jesus doesn't want us just to have a, a great time together. Although I love having a good time together, but it's actually really important that from this place we take a step forward and activate something, because we can be we we can be tempted to agree that this is a fantastic thing to do. But actually to then move on it on Monday, to move on it today uh, is something very different. Now Jairus, what I loved about him is that he moved. He moved to do something. Now, the, the clarification that I wanna make is this. There are many things at that moment that Jairus could have done. But for the miracle, there's only one thing he should have done. What he could have done at that moment was go home and take care of all the funeral preparations. What he could have done that moment was go home and comfort his family. There were many things on his to-do list that would have just appeared straight away as soon as he heard that message. But for the miracle, the only one thing he should have done was just follow Jesus. And in this time, there are many things that we could do, but but the action, the faith action is, come on, where is Jesus moving? Move there, go there, follow there. He said, Jairus says, Jesus, help me. And Jesus says, okay, let's go. Come on, follow me. And I, I, I think sometimes we ask Jesus to do stuff for us and then we want to do it our own way. But this isn't Burger King, man. This is not Burger King religion. We don't just do it out, have it your way. You know, that, that's not how it is. And so in the kingdom, it's not, it's not Burger King. In the kingdom, when Jesus moves, come on, that's where the miracle is. There are many things we could do to fix our situation, but for, for miracle working power to be activated, we gotta move where Jesus moves. And who knows, Jesus might be moving toward forgiveness. And it, come on, would you have the faith to step and maybe forgive? Jesus may be moving towards the mending of a relationship that perhaps has been broken for many years. Come on, would you move? And I, I pray I pray today that you don't just hear this message and be encouraged, but you be encouraged to move. Okay, and the final point today is to choose faith, is to choose your agreement. This is one of my faves, fam. We're gonna read, right? Verse 39 in chapter five. He, Jesus, went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's only asleep. And the crowd laughed at him. Catch this, but he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and the three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha Kaum, which means little girl, get up. And the little girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around and they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. What I love about this section of scripture is Jesus walked into this room And in the room, there would have been a lot of well-meaning people. There would have been a lot of people close to the family, but there were also a lot of voices that were contrary to faith. And Jesus says, Jesus, he doesn't, he just directs them to leave the room. Uh, You can go now. And I I love that. I I love that. I think we allow too many people in our world that have opinions Mm -hmm 
but no authority to actually change the situation. We have, there's lots of talk, but not necessarily a lot of wisdom. And the example I think that we read here is not about removing people from our lives, but removing competing voices of faith, competing voices that perhaps are fearful voices, but to remove those voices from the decision-making centre of our lives. We need to remove those voices from the room, from the place of our deepest vulnerability. Come on, what's going on here? This, uh, this, this man's legacy, this child has died, this, his, his future. And, and what could happen in the next five minutes could change the game forever because Jesus is in the room. The last thing you want is people going, oh, are you sure? I don't know about this Jesus guy. No, he's done miracles before. I don't know he'll do it now. There, there, there are some voices that are, are just not great to have around in the decision-making space of your life, in the place of deepest vulnerability. And I specify that because the place of our deepest vulnerability is the place of our deepest connection. The Word of God puts it like this, that we're, when we are weak, He is strong that His power is made perfect in our weakness. So when we are weak, that is an instant connection point for God to come and strengthen us. That's a place of connection. That's what we see Jesus doing right there with Jairus. We don't hide that that place of of deepest vulnerability. It's It is wisdom to open that up to Jesus. Why? Because He created us. God created us. He knows us. He's seen everything we've gone through. And above all that, He loves us deeply and dearly. And when we let Him into those vulnerable places, He's able to partner with us and, and, and allow miracle working dead raising to life, healing kind of power. And I I say all that excited because I have literally seen it happen in my life. I have seen the dead situation of my family come together in in ways, not the way that I imagined it to be, but way better way better. And so I I just want to encourage you, that place of deep vulnerability, that is a place of connection. Come on, allow Jesus into the room. But also understand that Jesus, it wasn't just Jesus in the room. There was the mother, there was the father, and there was also three disciples. And I want to highlight that the place of struggle, of challenge, of uncertainty, uh, the place of weakness is also the place of a great connection for community. And this is the place. Now is the time for the community of God to come together. And I know it might be scary because perhaps you haven't trusted people before to come into that space, but God didn't create us to live life in isolation, right? Not the isolation we're talking about right now, but in emotional isolation. God didn't, we weren't created to live like that. We were created to live connected to Him and connected to others. And so I just, uh, there's, a, there's an interesting 
article that I had read um, just recently. It's, it's an article called Opening Up by James Pennebreaker. I, I encourage you that you can purchase it and read it online. Uh, but he, it, it was a nationwide research project that was completed in the United States. And it, it, uh, it was really a, a research project on trauma and its long-term health effects on adults. And the question was really why some adults recover, or some people recover from trauma and why some people don't. And what he did was his hypothesis, I suppose, for the project was that the, the trauma that held the greatest social stigma, those were, the, those were the kinds of trauma that people really couldn't recover from. And so they, uh, they, they, they did the, the research was nationwide but what they found was that the hypothesis was disproved, that in fact, the nature of the trauma was next to irrelevant when talking about whether people would be healthy adults or not. But actually all that mattered was whether or not on the other side of the trauma that this person was in loving, supportive relationship or community if they had family, community, a support group, virtually every single person came back healthier than before, wow. no matter what the trauma was, wow. no matter the severity of the trauma. This is the way God has designed yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God has designed us with the resilience in us that we are able to recover and not just survive, but thrive in victory when we partner in connection and agreement with Him and with the community of God that He's put around us. And that's why it's so important now more than ever, come on, keep connecting, keep connecting with those online groups around you. Keep connecting with the people right inside your home. Don't disconnect. Keep connecting as, as much as as you can with the body of Christ. This is the way God has designed us, not just to live, but to, but to recover yeah. from, some of, from some of the most traumatic things that life can throw at us. Yeah. And so today, those are three things. Come on, um, choose to choose faith is to choose your allegiance. To choose faith is to choose an action, to move with God. And to choose faith is to choose to come into agreement yeah. And when the community of God comes together, the Word of God says we're two or more are gathered and yeah. agree in your name. Yeah. Yeah. What is bound on earth will be bound in heaven yeah. and what is loosed on earth will be loosed in yeah. heaven. So we've done it already. We've come together in the name of Jesus. We've gathered together and we've agreed on some things. And I want to encourage you to continue to get into the discipline of agreeing with the community of God, the discipline of agreeing with the Word of God. To choose faith over fear is to choose where your agreement lies.